This is Dan Myler, host of the longest-running Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast in the industry, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Join me and my co-hosts, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price from DynastyLeagueFootball.com as we use 60-plus years of Dynasty experience to analyze news, walk through startup and team-building strategies, and highlight trade targets to keep you on top of your Dynasty League year-round. It's a different topic each week on the DLF Dynasty Podcast, but the common theme is always the same, helping you build the ultimate Dynasty roster. Join me, Dan Myler, along with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price, each week, year-round, for the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Yo, what's going on, Fantasy Football family? It's, again, another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Eugene. Uh, thank you for, you know, giving us your ears and, and tuning in with us uh, as we're part of the, you know, the Destination Debbie Radio Network with uh, with Ray GQ. Uh, you can tune in to him, wake up in the, the morning. Monday th- yeah, Monday through Thursday at, at 7 a.m. Uh, you also got 4D Chess. Uh, them boys are... are, are or really getting into um, dynasty and talking about specific players and their values and how you should kind of maneuver. Uh, and, you know, we there's a lot of things going on on this channel. You can also, uh, you know, tune in uh, to uh, Elite Seekers uh, with Ben. He's he's putting you on game with with the next crop of uh, talent that's, com- that's potentially coming to the uh, NFL. So uh, just a lot of things that we got going on on the channel. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Genes, that's G-E-N-E-S. Uh, our official Twitter handle, uh, you can find us as Off The Line FF. Uh, you know, to the other host of the show, Ike, what's going on? How you doing? How you feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you know, it's been two weeks since I've gotten my LASIK, and I can see everything pretty damn clearly. <laughs> um, I might add, it's, it's life-changing, so uh, I can I have, I have much a clearer vision um, than I could have ever dreamed of could have ever dreamed of um i can be found on twitter at uh, just just underscore ico nine um yeah man like we had a phenomenal phenomenal weekend of of, of divisional round football every single yeah, game man. went down to the last play bro like yeah it, it's literally it's literally the one the one weekend where all football fans you know what all football fans dream of right i mean Obviously, if you were on the if you were the on the you know a fan of the team that lost, I mean, it was kind of gut wrenching for you. But as just a fan of the game in general, man, like you couldn't have asked for any anything better than that. You you really couldn't. I I don't even like in my lifetime. I can't think of like a more memorable weekend of like playoff football. Uh, I know it sounds kind of like revisionist history, but I mean, I really I really can't think of like a weekend where. Like every single divisional game was just like basically a field goal from from a win or a loss outside that the OT. OT was basically a coin flip. So uh, yeah. just a great, 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 great weekend of football. Uh, you know, but we, we want to touch on on some of what we saw and you know our takeaways from the divisional round. Uh, my first one we will talk about is the Bengals versus Titans. Uh, the one thing that uh, stood out to me outside of Burrow being on his back like a third of the game uh, yeah. <laughs> was his A dot. His A dot was really low, it was 4.2. So they definitely wanted to make sure they got the ball out of his hands quick because, uh, I mean, as you can, I mean, as I stated, I mean, nine sacks, you're on your back a third of the game. So uh, they, I mean, they had a game plan for the most part, like just like one, two, get it out of my hands and like, let, let your, your players do what they do. So, um, yeah, that, that was my, that was my takeaway from, from that game. How about yours? Yeah. I mean, it, it just kind of to, to kind of piggyback on that point, it, it makes perfect sense for you to, to have, you know, such a low a dot and, you know, the game plan to be just, you know, quick, you know, quick passing game, quick passing game. And, you know, Chase and Higgins went you know, they combined for over 200 yards receiving, it was a pretty simple game, simplified game plan for them. You know, they just get your playmakers the ball, right? Get Chase, get Chase. You know, they had a couple of screen passes for Chase. He broke one for like 60 yards, almost scored, got tripped up. 
um, you know, at the 20-yard line. Um, and then T. Higgins had a lot of, you know, uh, nice catches, for, you know, as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, it was a pretty pretty simplified game plan. And, you know, sometimes you don't necessarily need to overthink it. You know, you, you know your team's limitations. You know your team's strengths. Play to your strengths and, you know, see what yeah. happens. And um, But, you know, the, the takeaway that I had from this game was that, you know, Ryan Tannehill – this that whole Ryan Tannehill experiment in Tennessee. I mean, I think it's reached its peak. You know, he's <laughs> he's he's limited as a quarterback. And you know, if if you're if Derrick Henry's not you know ripping off long runs and you're you're forcing Tannehill to pretty much beat you through the air, I mean, this game was kind of kind of exemplified that he can't do that. You know, he threw three interceptions. Um, you know, uh, you know, the, I think the first play of the game he threw an interception. Yeah, it was like it was horrific. The first play of the game. It was it was hor- <laughs> a horrific interception uh, to I think Jesse Bates. Um, Bengal safety, um, you know, and just easily, e- easily put them behind the eight ball, you know. So, um, you know, Tannehill's bad, um, and, I, and I think you know, in, in the off season, Tennessee may may need to look, you know, long and hard at, you know, draft either drafting his replacement, or maybe bringing in some some competition because um, I know they are on the hook for his contract. This, you know, for yeah, this, this year. coming year, he he's uh, a fifty-seven yeah. million dollar uh, cap hit. So yeah. he's not he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely not going anywhere. Um, but AJ Brown's awesome. AJ Brown's awesome. He's still awesome. Five catches, a hundred, yeah. what forty two yards and a touchdown. And he, yeah. at one point, he was taking over that game. And um, you know, as, as well as Joe Burrow played, and and you know the you know the Bengals offense, you know their skill guys, you know as well as they played, they could have lost that game because you know they were settling for field goals, and you know mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, despite you know despite how bad Tannehill was, they still had a chance to win the game in the end. And they, you know, they were driving near the near, near midfield and Tannehill threw his third interception, you know, setting up Cincinnati at midfield. So, you know, it, it it's your, your job is pretty easy, you know, at that point, if you're, if you're Joe Burrow, just complete a, you know, a couple of passes here, get in the field goal range. You needed like 15, 20 yards to get in the field goal range. You had two yeah. timeouts. So it was relatively, yeah. you know, with 20 seconds left, so it was relatively straightforward there. Um, so yeah, that was that was my takeaway. Tannehill's bad, held held the Titans back, um, and AJ Brown's off. <laughs> yeah, first play of the game and his last play of the game interceptions. Mm. Yeah, go figure, right? <laughs> yeah, go no. Uh, the next game, San Fran versus Green Bay. What was your what was your takeaway from that game? Um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, choking again at home in the playoffs. You know, ten points. You know, at, you know, these are conditions that he's used to playing in, so you can't really use the weather as an excuse, right? I mean, it's just he was, you know, that Forty ers You mean credit to that Forty ers defense for you know for for showing up and you know holding you know holding that Green Bay offense in check. You know, ten points. You know, they they forced some turnovers. They blocked a field goal. They blocked a punt. Um, you know, a rod, you know, a rod had, you know, a lot of three and outs, you know, in the fourth quarter, a couple of, a couple of yeah. three and outs in the fourth quarter to, you know, when he had chances to, you know, to, to pretty much show, you know, have a signature, signature playoff moment, signature drive, you know, whatever you want to call it. And he, he didn't, he didn't deliver. Um, so this has kind of been a theme of, you know, playing at home in green Bay for him, just failing yeah. to live up to, you know, those those big moments, right? Um, you know, yeah. he has he has a Super Bowl win, but you know, how long can you how long can you rest on those laurels, right? I mean, you yeah. <laughs> haven't really done much after that, right? To me, it's just no. a lot of a lot of disappointment since then. And so that my biggest yeah. takeaway was just you know Aaron Rodgers not you know they were the number one seed and you know they had you know they had a great season and he's probably going to win the MVP again, but um, he didn't he didn't show up um, in this game. Yeah, the, uh, the, maybe the NFL knew something because they scheduled both NF, uh, number one seeds on the same day, and they both got the got the field goal boot out the playoffs. They, 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 they know they were looking funny in the light, so yeah, uh, yeah. Like, you know, let's, <laughs> let's put this on Saturday just in case. We don't want to end on a sour note. Let's just go ahead and yeah. end this on Saturday night. And you know, they, they were right. And kudos to the NFL schedulers. <laughs> yeah, salute to them. All right, mine was. Uh, Regardless of the two wins that Jimmy G's had in the playoffs, he is replaceable. Like, regardless of all the success, need to replace this guy. Like, 11 of 19. I mean, all he threw was slants. Somehow, teams don't understand that that's all he throws is slants. Um, but um, clearly, they don't really trust him. Uh, he's just he's just not good enough, man. I don't think. Uh, so, that's the takeaway for me was – 
they won in spite of his non playmaking ability. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know what's funny is that like these 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 talking heads on these um you know on these sports shows, they 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 just embarrass they embarrass themselves by t- saying that oh Jimmy G's a winner he's he does this he does that it's like are you like are y'all watching the games like it, it, Q, QB wins is like. It, I I lament the whole QB wins narrative thing, you know. Yes, the yes he's the quarterback, the starting quarterback of a team that actually won in the playoffs. So by virtue of that, he is a technically is a winner, but he has nothing. He had little to do with the win. He had little to do with the win. <laughs> he's four and one in the playoffs, right? He's four and one in the playoffs. He has two touchdowns and five interceptions. So the less, right. the, basically, the less they rely on him. The more successful the team is. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard something yesterday uh, after like the. Was it the first quarter of the Cowboys game? They said like the last like seven quarters, he has like zero touchdowns, like 210 yards and like two two picks, three, two or three picks. I'm like, bro, what is like you can't win with that? Like, yeah, you ain't winning no Super Bowl with that. So I don't Yeah, and I and I saw a tweet, uh, I saw a tweet maybe like an hour and a half ago. Um, someone said, you know, someone said like the as out of the remaining um he, he he's these are the 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 the, the touchdown pass leaders. Uh, remaining in the playoffs, and Mahomes at the top with eight. I think Stafford was second with four. Um, Burrow has two. Travis Kelsey has one, and then Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> at number five <laughs> with Steve Burrow. <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, like, like come on, man, you, you can't come you can't on, continue man. to call Jimmy G a winner because it's just, I don't know, man. It 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 really I don't know. It really grinds my gears how people just. He wins games, but he's winning. But he's winning. No, he's not winning. The team is winning. Yeah. Quarterbacks yeah. don't nope. beat other quarterbacks. Teams beat teams, right? Teams they, beat teams. This is true. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to uh, Lord Don't Lose. I saw that tweet and I, I told yep. him, I retweeted yep. it. Sure did tweet that. Shout out to yep. Lord Don't Lose. Yeah. Like I saw that and I'm like, yes, please. You are you are speaking to me, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, as long as he keeps winning, this will definitely help them in terms of pawning him off to another team, uh, so they can go and get Trey Lance up in there and, and do what he needs to do. Uh, yeah, so. and, yeah, and they and they said that there's a report that they're still that no matter what happens, I think no matter what happens this season, they're still going to replace Jimmy G at some point um, in this offseason. Yeah, I mean, you traded up all that draft capital to get Trey, Trey Lance, and you gotta you you gotta get him on the field. Period. Yeah. yeah. Next game: Rams Bucks. My takeaway is uh, Cooper Cup is that guy, man. Like nine for one eighty-three, one touchdown. You know, four point four six yards per per route run. Like, <laughs> <laughs> bro, like, what you gonna, what can you do, man? You know, uh, I, I mean, I don't have no else to say. Like the 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 game winning play. I mean, he just re- literally runs down the the seam of the field, untouched, runs right past the safety, and you know. Murder she wrote. So that's all. I mean, that's what I got. So yeah, he he's he was he was uncoverable um, most of that game. Most of that game he was uncoverable. So you know, I, I completely understand why you went with Cooper Cup. Um, speaking of another guy that is that guy, he actually proved it to me this past week, and that's Matthew Stafford. I mean, I think it's pretty mm. obvious. It's pretty obvious. He's that dude, man. He is that dude. Um, you know, forty seconds, no timeouts. You know, on the road against the defending champs. Um, you know, that, that is a signature Matthew Stafford drive, um, that, you know, that pretty much, you know, catapulted him to the upper echelon of QBs, in my opinion. Uh, mm. I think, you know, if he, if he goes on to win a Super Bowl, um, you can go ahead and slot him into the, you know, the, the top five, top five quarterback in this league. Oh, I, I think you can. I mean, Ooh. I think that like the narrative with him in Detroit was he's, he's a really, really talented guy, but he was stuck in Detroit. That's how I, that's what I believed. I mean, he played with not you know with Megatron for almost a decade and didn't get it done with him. But you know, you you put a you put a great team around him. You see what happens, right? I mean, you, yeah. So um, they're in the NFC Championship game. They're hosting the NFC Championship game with a chance to host the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. This, you know, yep. this, this, this might be this this will be this this may be the second straight year that a team hosts the Super Bowl. So yeah. Um, you know, and and for for the longest time, it was just you couldn't do that, right? You couldn't host yeah. the Super Bowl in your home stadium. But now, back to back teams may do that, um, and that'll be you know pretty unprecedented. But yeah, Matthew Stafford, clutch. Um, you know, he that's my takeaway. 
Yeah, I remember. Remember, I had that tweet that said you could take uh, Stafford out of Detroit, but can you take the Detroit out of Stafford? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's showing us you could. I guess this game, you could. Sh- he's showing us that you can take it out of him. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't. Hopefully, he doesn't nut up versus San Fran. Um, yeah, and then we we we're praising Stafford, and then he turns into a pumpkin next. Week. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, that doesn't happen though. You know, I I, yeah. I I I think you know you know since you know McVay has been owned by Shanahan, six straight losses versus uh, the Forty ers Hopefully, I think this I think this is the 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 week that they finally get over that hump. Forty um, yeah. ers are kind of banged up coming into that game. It'll be curious to see how they play, but um, I, I think this is, the, this is the time for the the Rams to kind of get over that hump and um, yeah. you know represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And the last game, uh, the the best game of the, the weekend, main event. Yeah, Bills versus KC. Um, which what you got for a takeaway? Um, Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen. I can I can do a package deal with Josh Allen, Gabriel Davis, but I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. So Josh Allen, um, this postseason, nine touchdowns, only 14 incomplete passes. Mm-hmm. Just think about how just he was on an absurd, absurd tear. Um, you know, unfortunately for that game, you know, somebody had to lose, right? Uh, somebody had to lose that game. But Josh Allen has just been phenomenal in the playoffs. And, you know, he he was just just slinging it left and right. Um, you know, we did, you know, last week on the on the podcast, we said that, you know, this game is going to be a shootout and whoever has the ball last it's going to win the game. Yep. And that's yep. exactly what happened. Um, how, how we got there, you know, we, could, we couldn't have predicted, you know, basically like three lead changes in uh, under, you know, <laughs> within the two minute or after the two minute warning, <laughs> uh, we couldn't have predicted that, but we did say that was going to be a pretty, you know, a, a pretty uh, competitive game, a pretty competitive shootout. And that's exactly how it played out, man. And that was the greatest game that I've ever seen. Cause it just, it just kept like go- going, and going and going and going back and forth, and you know, for for uh, you know, for context, I had I had the Bills money line, <laughs> I had the Bills money line separately, and then I had the Bills money line plus the Rams money line in a parlay. So I was getting mm. ready to cash out. Um, yeah, but um, you know, when you know Josh Allen hit that fourth and thirteen and Gabriel Davis uh, to take the lead, take the initial lead, I was like, yes, let's go, let's go. Um, and then Tyreek Hill next play seventy yards. Yeah, peace sign right, the fifteen yard line. And then uh, I was like, "Damn, all right, all right, Josh Allen, you can answer, you can answer." So they drove right down the field, scored again, thirteen seconds. I'm yeah. like, all right, yeah, bet about to cash out again, cash out again. And then Kansas City got the ball back. Tyreek Hill they completed a pass to Tyreek Hill for twenty yards. I'm like, "Oh shit, they're about to get in the field goal range, aren't they?" Yeah, and then and then finally got in the field goal range, and then as soon as they lost the coin toss, I was like, "Oh, it's over." Uh, yep, yep, it's over. Yep. But yeah, that was that was an amazing game. But yeah, Josh yeah. Allen, Josh Allen's that dude. Yeah, uh, mine was uh, well. I had two. I had these are your top two dynasty uh, quarterbacks going going head to head, and they they showed why they're the the if you're playing superflex, these are the generally the first two picks mixed with J- JT and why they're, why they're up there, man. Like it was like, I don't even have anything else to say. Like somebody had to lose, uh, both quarterbacks played good enough to win, you know, and the coin, the coin flip decided who was going <laughs> to win the game. So yeah, it's just I mean, funny. You see, see some bills players complaining about the OT rules, but KC put everybody on notice 2019 with that great game versus uh, New England. Yeah. After that game, they told everybody like, "Hey, let's get these rules changed." And no other owner co-signed them. Now look, look, three years later, we got the Bills now complaining about the same OT rules that KC told y'all about. So I mean, all they all they had to do was, I mean, they were the number one defense all season long. Just play defense. That's it. Yeah. Play defense yeah. and regulation. I mean, I mean the, the the OT rules they suck. I'll be the first to admit that, but. The Bills had multiple opportunities to to stop Kansas City from scoring um, after the after the two minute warning, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's that's on them for not for not playing defense. I mean, yeah, Correct. it's a shame that you know the game gets decided by a coin flip because your defense can't stop a, a nosebleed. So, so yeah, bro. The like the first play, the Tyreek play was like, all right, cool. It's, it's twenty yards, cool. The second play, the Kelsey was egregious to me because 
uh, Kelsey was lined up in the formation, and there's no other wide receiver outside, but you still got the corner on that side of the field still playing. He's still playing as if there's a, a wide receiver out there. He didn't tuck in, so Kelsey ran his route inside of him and and then drug his ass for an extra, like, 10 yards. I'm like, bro, why are you giving up? Like, you should be playing inside out at that at that point. If there's there's literally nobody outside of, like, on that side of the field, it was nobody. It was just Kelsey in the formation, that's it. So I'm like – Yeah, I think they um, might have leaked somebody into the flat, but even 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 with that, it wouldn't have mattered. But um, no. I saw I saw a breakdown of that play by um, by uh, by Dan Dan Orlovsky on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahomes like had some um, some eye manipulation, so he kind of looked to the right mm, um, a okay. little bit, kind of he- kind of held like kind of held the middle a little bit, and then, looked, yeah. and then at the last minute saw Kelsey breaking, and he threw a perfect yeah. pass. Like you had yeah. like for that for that to work, he had to throw a perfect pass. So yeah. um, you know he hit him hit him in stride, and I think it was like another twenty yards and. Yep. Um, they got in the field goal range, and then yep. you had to have a, a kicker, a clutch kicker, to, to make actually make the kick. It's one thing to get yep. in the field goal range, but man, like, man, like having having a reliable kicker, you know, uh, McPherson in Cincinnati, Harrison Bucker in in, uh, yep. in uh, you know in Kansas City, uh, yep. Matt Gay in, um, in 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 LA, like all these all these yep. clutch kickers, uh, Robbie Gold in San Francisco. Yep, I mean. Yep. It, it just it, it just pays to have a clutch kicker, um, unlike you know our kicker in, in, in Dallas, um, <laughs> Greg the leg, yeah, Greg, Greg the leg, the dead leg, Greg, Greg dead leg, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't mean to to, to veer off the the, the path, yeah, but but yeah, but yeah, having clutch kickers that 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 is that is just such a luxury to have. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we can kind of we, we'll kind of touch on like outlooks for for certain teams. I know. Once we get deeper in the offseason, we're going to take a little deeper dive. We just want to touch on a few a few teams, you know, just news that that have happened along the way or a team that lost in the playoffs. We just want to touch on them real quick. The first one, obviously, is the Saints. They just lost Sean Payton. Uh, he's, he, he wants to chill on coaching. He's probably going to go on the TV because it's a little, little less stress. Um, from a per- fantasy perspective, I mean, we're – I mean, we're kind of – in a lull because you don't know what they're going to do. Like they need to figure out who's their coach and then uh, what their cap situation, uh, how are they going to maneuver to, you know, try to keep, if they can even keep certain pieces like, like their left tackle, you know, Armstead is pretty much the best as a premier tackle and they, they won't be able to afford them. Um, and then you got, do you bring Taysom back? Uh, you got Jameis Winston. Do you bring him back? Um, uh, I mean, there's a, a lot of questions that need to be answered for sure. Uh, when you see the Saints, what do you what do you got? Yeah, so um, just a quick note about the cap space situation. Um, I, I was I, I follow um, uh, Nick Nick Underhill. He's one of the Saints. I was, I was about main, to I was about to quote him. Yeah, yeah, one of the main Saints beat writers. He he proposed a scenario. Well, he proposed a scenario that you know basically the Saints don't necessarily even have to cut anybody to save or to you know to get to get under the cap. They can clear yeah. like a hundred million dollars by converting a lot of salary, um, a, lot, a lot of base salary into signing bonuses, and they can, you know, basically prorate them um, for X amount of years. Yeah, um, and they, yeah. he he listed like all these different players. I think Marshawn Lattimore, you can do that for him. Like, there's all these different players that you know, they can, um, you know, prorate a lot of these, um, you know, base salaries that they convert to signing bonuses. Um, to, yeah, to, he basically to said. He said, "Anybody that's twenty-seven and older, just move <laughs> move the money back, basically. So basically, the whole roster." Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, with regards to that, I mean, you know, we also need to figure out, you know, see what what's going to happen with Michael Thomas. Like, do they trade him? Like, yeah. what are they going to do with him? Because he he basically hasn't played for the better part of two years, two seasons. Yeah. Since yeah. since breaking the NFL record, you know, for for receptions in a season. I mean, we we saw him week one in twenty twenty, high ankle sprain. And then he came back, um, and he wasn't the same guy. Um, and then he had, you know, ankle surgery, you know, later in the, um, you know, later than off season, and missed the whole year. Yeah. So, um, you don't know, man. Like we we, we got to figure out what, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Michael Thomas. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara's value. I mean, you know, we we don't know how he's going to be used, um, but you know, he's still you know they're the offensive centerpiece. So he's not going over his contract situation. Is um, I think he just he signed an extension a couple of years ago. So I think he still has a couple of years left on his deal. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, 
that's basically it for New Orleans and for the skill guys. I mean, you just need to figure out what what they're going to do with Michael Thomas. They definitely need to get another receiver in in, in house. Um, and you know, Kamara is still there, and you know, figure out what they're, what, what they're going to do with the quarterback situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, next thing we want to touch on is the Packers. Uh, they got a very glaring need of what are they going to do with a Rod or. How are they going to maneuver that? Because basically, Arod holds all the chips, um, and then also they got Devonte um, with his contract situation. Um, are they going to give him the money that he deserves, or are they just going to, you know, franchise tag him and piss him off? Uh, I know we saw, we both saw a report about how they think they can maneuver a way to both get to Denver somehow, and I saw a trade Lord. package where it was like Albert O. Uh, Jerry Judy, uh, I think 23 first and some other stuff. I was just, I saw a glimpse of that, of the package. And even still, I was just like, bro, this is not, this ain't, it, this wouldn't even fly on Madden. So I don't know how they're going to try. Yeah. To Madden would project that trade with the quickness. <laughs> Madden would project that bullshit. Like, why would you, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, but I honestly think that um, whatever Aaron Rodgers decides to do, Devontae Adams will be a huge part of that. Um, well, Devontae Adams will decide what he's going to do. Um, yeah. Because if Aaron Rodgers, you know, decide, I mean, I, my gut feeling is that Aaron Rodgers comes back. Either he comes back or he he retires. Um, those are those are the things that this is. These are the two things that I think will happen. But in all likelihood, um, I think he comes back. Um, it's fun to speculate that he's potentially going to go to another team you know we had fun with saying oh he's going to go with pittsburgh you saw how him and mike tomlin were winking at each other earlier in the season yeah <laughs> but um or go to denver because they have all those weapons i in an ideal an ideal world denver is like the perfect fit for him right um, yes but i don't think if i don't think i mean if he gets traded um Devontae adams will i mean i don't know if he's going to be i don't know if he's going to want to catch passes from jordan love <laughs> Because we've seen what Jordan Love is, we've seen a couple of games of Jordan Love when he's had a chance to start in, you know, fifty percent of his passes completion. Um, so I mean, and, and they see him in practice every week, and he's he's not even he's not even active on game days. Like like he wasn't even active on game days for the most part. I mean, I know I know this year is a little bit of a different story, but you know, last year's rookie his rookie year wasn't active on game days. So I mean, there's that was. One of the you know one of the, one of the more wasted first round picks I can remember, um, and actually traded up to get him, which is yeah. even more astonishing. They traded back into the first round. To go they traded him. back into the first round because like, oh no, we cannot leave this draft without Jordan Love. We cannot do it. <laughs> 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 oh man, oh, like, man. that's the funny. That's the funniest thing about. It. But um, yeah. But my gut feelings, I think Aaron Rodgers does come back for one more year, and then they'll probably franchise Devontae Adams. Um, and then yeah. maybe in 2023, he'll test free agency and he'll get another deal from another team and Aaron Rodgers will be hanging it up. That's what I think yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. Last team I want to talk about is the Buccaneers. Um, we also saw Tom Brady. He lost uh, to the Rams. And then, um, you know, over the last couple of days, some of the things that he said is stuff that I've never heard him say before. He just sounded like he said the word like satisfied and just kept talking about family and wife needs to family's going to make the decision. And he sounded like a person that's like pretty much ready to be done. Um, Content basically. Yeah. He sounded very content and you've never heard him say that before or even sound like that. And then also the bucks, they got, they got cap decisions to make on, on their end also with, with, uh, you know, with Chris Godwin, he was just franchised last year. He tore his ACL, MCL, whatever else in his knee. So they got decision with that, what they're going to do. Uh, you know, they got a couple linemen. They got some defensive players. Uh, so um, what do you think, what you got in, in terms of the Bucks, and what do you think they, uh, that you got going, thinking about them? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. This is, this is, a, this is a tough one, man. Um, you know, when, if, if Brady comes back, then, you know, it'll be all systems go one more. You know, they'll make one, another run at it. Um, you know, it's kind of early to kind of it's, it's kind of early to tell what's going to happen with Brady because you know, again, we've never heard him you know speak in this manner before. Like you know, he's forty four years old, about to be forty five, and you know, he knows that you know he can't play forever. Uh, but he did 
he he said many years ago, I want to play until I'm 45. I want to play until I'm in the mid-40s. And look what he's yeah. doing. He's still at the top of his game. It's not like he can't play anymore, you know? So yeah. um, you're, you saw him lead the NFL in passing touchdowns and passing yards. So, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at age 44, that which is ridiculous. Um, you know, they, they were able to kind of, you know, kind of push through this year despite all the turmoil they had, all the injuries they had. All the backstage or you know, behind the scenes drama that they had, they were still able to push through. And Brady was, you know, Brady was still Brady. All right. So, um, you know, once once Brady makes the decision, um, which I I don't know if, if, you know, gun to my head right now, I'd say he comes back again for this. I think this may be his like farewell tour, hmm. his final year. Um, but. You know, once that happens, then you'll see, you know, maybe Chris Godwin come back on a cheaper deal or maybe get franchised again. Um, and then, you know, Gronk, Gronk will come back again. Cause I think, you know, Gronk, you know, if, if Brady retires or Brady, Brady doesn't come back to Tampa Bay, then Gronk is gone too. Gronk yeah. is probably going to hang it up. So, um, and he, and he previously said that I'm not playing with anybody else other than Tom Brady as my quarterback. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm definitely not going to catch passes from Kyle Trask. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much. It. I mean, I, I think that's yeah, it's it's kind of early to tell, but if, gun to my head today. If you were to, if you were to ask me today, I would say that Brady comes back from one more, basically like a last dance, like a real last dance farewell tour. Hmm. Uh, actually, the other way, I think he retires. Uh, if you ask me right now, but uh, like we said, we just wanted to touch on just kind of a couple of outlooks. We'll go in more in depth. Uh, in the coming weeks with uh, going through division, division, really breaking down what we what we look at, what we're looking at uh, from a fantasy perspective, for sure. Uh, next thing I just want to kind of touch on a couple of players and, you know, their potential values. Uh, the first one is Gabe Davis. Uh, I mean, as everybody saw, the six six receptions, 200 yards, four touchdowns, first time ever, a wide receiver. Uh catches four touchdowns in a playoff game, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, now people are going crazy over Gabe. Um, I know I've seen, I mean, as soon as I saw him catch the four touchdowns, I put, I put all my Gabe put Davis, uh, I put him on the block to see, to see what's good. <laughs> Two bites. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to see what the waters are looking like. Um, yeah. you no, know, for me, I, I mean, I look at Gabe Davis, uh, the situation, uh, in Buffalo, pretty much every other wide receiver outside of Diggs is is not under contract. Uh, and then Beasley, Beasley has I think another year, but he could be cut and with minimum uh, with minimal uh, tax to the to the uh, cap. So yeah, one point five million the second head cap. Yeah, so he's Gabe Davis is pretty much the second option, uh, second or third option, depending on uh, Knox. Knox or him, uh, and then obviously digs it one. So uh, I think it it looks good for him, honestly. Um, what you what you got? Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Uh, it, it is a very favorable outlook for him. Um, I'm not going to be going crazy and just you know blowing a, a first round pick for him or you know a high second <laughs> round pick for him or anything like that. And on Twitter, I saw that he got you know somebody sold him for the 105 in this upcoming bro, draft, rookie draft. Bro. And I was like, wow. Kudos wow. to that guy for capitalizing on that uh, on the yeah. on, the, <laughs> on the recency bias and being prisoner of the moment because now that Talk that about was finesse. that's astonishing. But no, like you know, yeah. like you said, I mean, he's he's probably walking into you know being the the wide receiver too in that in a top five offense, you know, headed by Josh yeah. Allen. I mean, you want you want players that are tethered to you know elite quarterbacks that throw the ball a lot. You know, they're usually yep. they're they've been near the top at, in the league in pass attempts. Um, over the last couple of years, so you, you, I mean, that's that's the stuff that you like to see. And then you know, with the with the wide receiver situation, you know, kind of unfolding the way that the way that we anticipated unfolding this off season, I mean, he's going to get a lot of targets. He's going to get a lot of targets. Um, you know, he'll, he'll have more opportunities. Um, but it's you know another another kind of like takeaway from that game is that like throughout the entire season. He was he was not getting snaps like Anton uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley were getting snaps over him, which is mm-hmm. crazy to me. If you have mm-hmm. this guy on the bench, if you have like if you have Weapon X on the bench, <laughs> that's, that's capable. That's capable of just 
you know, taking over a game like this. Now, granted, he he, he may never have eight catch, two hundred yard, four touchdown game ever again, right? But yeah, if somebody is this talented, this you know, he was a you know, he was an athlete coming out of UTF, big play guy. I mean, if he's this talented coming out, um, you, you can't keep this guy on the bench. Like you just can't do it. Um, yeah. So it's it, it it's it's really amazing to me that he wasn't really playing that much. And hell, even the times that he did play, um, he was he was balling, scoring. He, he was yeah, super he was efficient. He was, he was yeah, he was yeah. super efficient. I think um, at, amongst uh, second year wide receivers, he has like the second most um, touchdown receptions of ten plus yards. Um, next to C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson, I think he has twelve uh, touchdowns of ten plus yards over the last couple of years. So just I mean, wow, yeah, and he, he barely play. plays. He doesn't even get yeah. that much. Yeah, he doesn't get that much burn, burn, uh, burn at all. So this this guy, I mean, he's the, the sky's a limit for him. Um, but yeah. you know, again, I'm not I'm not spending first round picks for him. <laughs> let's let's yeah. let's. I mean, let's yeah, if you can get that. a like a if you can get a second like a mid second, then shoot, I would I would do it. Or if yeah. you can package him up with a. Him in a second to get a first, then shoot, more power to you. I know I've yeah. seen, I've seen some places where he's been traded for like a twenty-four first, or, or I saw another place where he was traded for Amari Cooper straight up. So, I mean, look, you don't know what's going to happen with Cooper, and I mean, the Cowboys may have you know a decision to make on him. They may trade him. They may cut him. Yep. Um, either way, yep. they save him twenty million dollars. They save twenty million dollars by you know moving off of him. In some capacity, um, designated him as a post June first cut if they cut him. Yeah. So that's, I mean, dynasty outlook. I mean, they're, they're, the arrows are pointing in opposite directions for those two players. So I mean, I yeah. Most my deep for my one, taste, but hey, I, yeah. I, get it. I totally get it. <laughs> my next one is uh, uh, Derrick Henry. Um, he, I mean, everybody knows who who the king is. Uh, he's going into his seventh year in the NFL. Going on at 28 years old, he's definitely past that that apex for a running back. Uh, once you get a running back in the second contract, you usually don't want a, a running back on his second contract. That's usually when when they're downhill. But for him, uh, seeing like he's just he keeps getting stronger. Uh, somebody a running back at 6'4", 250 pounds. Like <laughs> I don't. There's nothing it's, it's it unheard don't make no of. Sense, it don't it make makes no, no sense. sense whatsoever. Yeah. But for the Titans, uh, they could actually cut or trade him post six uh June first, and it'll only be a three million cap hit. They ain't cut Derek how, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're gonna cut him, but it's there, like they have an out. Um uh, uh, but this is a running back. He's in a weird like he's one of these anomalies because again, he's 6'4", 250 pounds. He's led the league. I mean, he would have led the league this year based on, I mean, it took from him to be injured until JT took over. It was like another three weeks, three, four weeks before he actually passed him in rushing yards. Yeah, there was like a whole month, a whole month and change elapsed, and he was still like the NFL rushing leader, which is crazy. Yeah, so just to put that in perspective, like technically like with the last, what, three years, he could have been leading the league in rushing, so – He's he's just one of those running backs. Like, is he too old? Like, can I trade him and get like a first, or do I just hold him? Like, I, I believe he's one of those running backs where you can get a first plus still, uh, depending on who you who you uh, who you try to do, deal with. I think a first plus like a young a young talented player uh, could could get you uh, Derek Henry, or that could be something you could receive. Uh, what do you think? What you got on Derek? Yeah, I mean, I I'm more so on the um, I, I I wouldn't go out and buy him. I would definitely hold if I have Derrick Henry. Um, I wouldn't yeah. be I wouldn't be worried about his production at least this year. This year, I mean, I think this upcoming year, I mean, he should have you know this entire offseason to really really rehab that foot because I know he probably rushed back a little bit sooner than he anticipated to get back. But I mean, he you know as far as I as far as I can tell, I mean, there was no you no know, setbacks with the foot. Um, they were just kind of managing his reps, um, yep. which is, I think, that may kind of be the approach that they may take um, this upcoming season. It's just kind of managing his reps a little bit more, as opposed to giving him all the carries. Um, you know, De- Deontay Foreman. I mean, he 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 stepped in and did a pretty good job, uh, kind of filling in for for Derrick yeah. Henry um, he in his good. absence. 
Um, maybe they keep maybe they keep him and they keep him, uh, you know, just kind of spell him here and there a little bit more. Um, but in terms of Derrick Henry's value, I mean, he's you know, like we said, he led the he led the NFL in rushing yards for like five weeks after he got injured for the season. <laughs> um, so that just kind of gives you a, a glimpse as to you know how you know what he's still capable of. And um, another note is that early in his career, he wasn't really used that much. You know. Yeah, he wasn't getting a ton of carries until midway through the 2018 season, um, yep. where they were still where they still had De- Deion Lewis for for one for for some unexplainable reason getting carries and you know touches over him, and then finally took them halfway halfway through the season to realize you know what we got a six four 250 pound tank behind us yeah. <laughs> behind yeah. him and he needs to be getting the ball more and when he got the ball he was. He was doing a lot with it. Um, yeah, that just kind of basically propelled him to just destroying, d- destroying defenders. Um, yeah, and crazy. remember Deion Lewis. He was what uh, a top five paid running back when they signed him from from New England. Yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe they felt obligated to to play him since they were paying so much money. <laughs> yeah. So, I, don't know. I, I mean, you know, on one hand, you feel like you know Derrick Henry is just you know just getting started, and maybe his cliff. Isn't until age thirty, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, but um, but he did get injured and he didn't miss most of the season or miss you know half the season. So um, that's something to monitor in the offseason. But I think he's, I think he's a hold for now. I think he'll be fine at least for this year, and then we'll have to see how, um, you know, how things unfold um, after this year. Yeah. After this upcoming year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you know, let's go ahead and uh, you know, do our our one of our favorite times of the. Uh, of the show is, you know, talk about props. Uh, no, last week, last week, I, I think I went two for three. I think Dawson, yeah, Dawson Knox, for whatever reason, just didn't get any, any work. Didn't get weird, any target. But yeah, it was weird. Um, but, uh, you know, my, my other players, they showed up, you know, the Pat Mahomes was easy. Like that, that was, was so easy. My God. That was too easy. Like he's, but now, you, if you look, they raised it up to. I think he was at twenty six and a half, so it's pretty. He's cutting it close, but um, you know, it was yeah, a, I think it I was got. Good, I think I got the Josh Allen over two seventy five. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the other ones that I had. Um, Who's the other one? I know Debo didn't score, so I missed that yep. one. Yep. And then George Kittle hit. George Kittle went over over forty five and a half. Yeah, I was scared about that one. I was, I was kind it was of looking surprised. kind of bleak. It was looking kind of bleak. I'm not gonna lie. I think that I think he got it on that last, like I think in the that, fourth that quarter last, he hit like a yeah, he like he a, did. Uh, like a twenty twenty yard reception or something, and which yeah, took him over. It, yeah, it was definitely it was hella bleak because uh, Jimmy G wasn't doing nothing. No. Uh, and then also I had that I had that Tyler Higby. He reached that before halftime. So yeah. Uh, but you know, let's you know, let's get it. Let's let's try to see if we can get some get some hits here. Yep. Uh, so my first one is Joe Mixon, twenty three and a half uh, receiving yards versus uh, KC. Uh, I chose this one uh, because outside of Week eighteen, the week that they rested most of their starters, he's seen six, eight, five, and seven targets per game. Uh, five in the. Uh, the Las Vegas game, and then seven last, this past week versus Tennessee, uh, which is about six receptions and 47 yards. Uh, and then, like, when he played the uh, the Titans, he had a 20% target share, six, and that's above – that's um, that's coming from a 16% uh, target share versus the Raiders. So I feel like – I feel very confident that uh, he'll be able to reach that threshold just because, at this point, Cincinnati is showing you how they're going to attack you during – they're in three wide every down. They got Uzama out there, and they got Mixon playing 75, 80% of the snap. So yeah. he's I think he's just guaranteed at least four targets, uh, and they're just, you know, just stop us is basically what they're saying, everybody. Uh, basically. My, yeah. <laughs> my next one is uh, Travis Kelsey over uh, half a touchdown. Uh, I just chose this one because Travis Kelsey scored – uh, a touchdown in the last five games, even though his uh, his uh, yards yards per game have fluctuated, but he's he's finding the end zone, uh, regardless of the fact. So, uh, 
And the playoffs is about momentum. So, you know, things continue to happen. You know, that's that's a good bet. Yep. And I mean, Pat Pat just finds him. Like, regardless of what's going on, he's going to find him. and then my last one is uh, Odell Beckham over four o- over four receptions versus uh, San Fran. Um, over the last uh, five games, he's averaged about uh, four, like a little more than four receptions per game, um, and I think he's basically taken over as the the second wide receiver. He's very comfortable in the offense. You can tell he's running the second most routes to Cooper Cup, second most targets basically to Cooper Cup also. So. Um, you can tell Stafford's getting very comfortable. He definitely trusts him when they get close to the end zone. Uh, so I just think it continues versus San Fran, who's a little more banged up uh, coming into this game. Um, not, I would think that um, that McVay finds a way to get him get him uh, touches because the last time they played, he only had two receptions and. Um, they found a way for somehow they found a way to lose that game versus San Fran. So hopefully they don't take the foot off their pedal and, and, and beat them. So yeah, those are mine. What you got? Uh, the first one I have is uh, CJ Uzama over 36 and a half uh, receiving yards. Um, he's seen at least six. He's, he's been at uh, at least 64 yards in back-to-back games. So he had 64 yards mm-hmm. um, against uh Actually, no, he had 71 yards last week and 64 against the, the Raiders. Um, and But over the last seven games, he's seen at least six targets in six of them. So you know, six of his last seven games, he's had at least six targets. Um, he's, he's getting more involved in that in that passing attack. And, you know, given the, the, the nature of this game, they're, they're going to be seven-point underdogs at Kansas City um, with the high, you know, over-under. Um, I would expect a lot of pass volume um, against, you know, against the Chiefs. Um, and Joe Burrow is going to have to air it out to keep up to keep pace, um, you know, with that Kansas City offense. I think, you know, he's going to easily go over this number. Um, and there's going to be a lot of points. There's going to be a lot of yards in that game as well. So uh, CJ was on over 36 and a half or seven receiving yards. And then this next one is a, a two pack, um, you know, a two pack prop. Same guy, um, you know, you know, another week. Another week of me going back to the Debo Samuel well. Um, I have, you know, over a half a touchdown and over four receptions. Um, with regards to the touchdowns, he has four touchdowns um, in two games versus the Rams this year. Um, he had a, you know, he has one receiving touchdown, two rushing touchdowns, and he has a passing touchdown on the year mm. against the Rams. Um, and in both games, he's had at least four catches. So he had, you know, four catches for 95 yards. Um, in, in in the in the the last meeting and then the meeting um, on Monday Night Football or earlier in the season, uh, he had five catches for ninety seven yards, um, including that you know he had a long forty yard touchdown um, reception. So um, they know Debo Samuel's getting the ball and they can't stop him, and he won't be seeing much of Jalen Ramsey because of the 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 unique the, the unique way that he's deployed on that uh, San Francisco offense. So um, he'll see a lot of you know slot routes, you know carries out of the backfield, whatever the case may be, but he'll he'll find a way to get four catches and score a touchdown um, this week. So that's you do that ha- would be that would round out my props for the weekend. Yeah, you do have a good point about him avoiding Jalen Ramsey because of how they line him up. Like there's Jalen can't can't line up on the line of scrimmage and try to go get him if he's lined up in the backfield. So yeah, uh, that's definitely and Jalen doesn't I, really travel anyway. So a lot of teams are 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 being a little bit more um, strategic on how they deploy the number one receivers, um, you know, against that defense. So um, Jalen doesn't really travel unless Jalen. I mean, Jalen decided to travel in the second half last week against uh, the Bucks because Mike Evans was torching him, um, yep. and then he ended up getting torched himself. <laughs> yeah, he did but, get torched. <laughs> um, but he you sure know, did. Um, I think that was kind of like a, just kind of a lack of concentration on that play because it was, you know, towards the end of the game, I think he was kind of bored and he got kind of surprised by the ball. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, but, he, you know, he's, he, he was a highlight reel on that play. That, that's the bottom. Yeah. That's what we all see. What we, what we see is you on the receiving end of getting, uh, getting cooked, um, <laughs> regardless of how, you know, how you were playing. But no, um, but, but uh, yeah. So I think Debo Samuel gets, gets a, you know, scores a touchdown in this one and has at least four catches. I like that. I need to make sure to try to go lock. I need to actually lock some of these in once we get off of here. But I, I, yeah. I, I like those. Um, yeah, because you know, you know, the, the, the slightest, the, you know, the slightest yard that it goes up or the slightest, you know, it can go yep. up to four and a half catches or 
you know, 30, 36 and a half yards for Ozoma can go up to like 39 and a half. And I know the Tyler Higby one went up um, when I tried to bet it uh, earlier mm-hmm. uh, or, or like later in the week because it was like 39 and it was like 41 or 42 or something. Yep. So, um, yeah, we needed to definitely need to lock these in like tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and we're at the end of the show. You know, it's another good show, another good episode. Uh Again, we thank you all for, you know, giving us your ears. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, once we get later into the offseason, uh, we're going to take a little more deep dive in terms of, you know, team outlooks, talk about certain players in those teams, uh, you know, just try to get a, diff- a a better idea of, like, how we could potentially, like, value some of these players that might be in these uh, these different situations. And hopefully by then we'll have more head coaches locked up because, I mean, right now we still got – we, I mean, every spot's still open. I know we got uh, Dable now is being linked to Miami, being the favorite for Miami, which is really wild. Yeah. Uh, so nobody saw that coming. Nah. Uh, so maybe he, maybe he believes in in uh, Tua. I don't know. Uh, but and maybe he and just he, gave uh, the 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 Giants the middle finger. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, you know, some of those things. Hopefully, they shake out, and then we can have a better idea of how we might might project the offenses um, um but i you got anything else before we get up out of here no um you know just kind of echoing your sentiments man just uh appreciate everybody tuning in um you know catching us every single week um you know just kind of you know giving you guys you know some actionable information so you can go out and make some money this weekend i know fantasy football season's over but um we still have a little bit of uh you know fantasy you know outlooks to to discuss in the coming weeks with our you know our, you know, our team by team preview uh previews for the off season so Stay tuned for that. That's coming soon. And as Gene said on the outset of the show, please check out um, all the all the wonderful content on uh, the Destination Devi uh, podcast network. Got a lot of dope uh, individuals doing some doing some good things, doing some great things here. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at just underscore Ico nine. Uh, follow Gene at Fantasy Genes G E N E S, and then follow the page, um, our official Twitter page at Off the Line FF. Yep. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, under Destination Dev. You know, hit subscribe. You know, give us the five five stars. Hit give a thumbs up if you find us on YouTube under Off the Line Fantasy Football. Uh, you know, until then, we'll talk to y'all next week. Uh, you know, y'all be safe. Enjoy the football, you know, uh, and let's try to make some money. Championship weekend. Let's do it. <laughs>